0: Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I just wanted to jump in here real quick, say thank you so much for your continued support of me personally, of this podcast of all of the things that I'm doing. It's just been an exciting season for me, even in the midst of so many challenges that we have all been going through. So I'm super fortunate uh, to be connected to you, to have your support, and I just cannot thank you enough for that. I wanted to also let you know that today's episode of the podcast is from Authentic Conversation 7, a a series that I've been doing live on Friday afternoons that have now moved to 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, covering a variety of topics, uh, sometimes on one specific topic or like the episode you're about to hear now. Uh, this was q and I went out to the social media world as well as just to some of my coaching and consulting clients and wanted to hear some of the things that they were struggling with or they wanted to just hear more about. And so I talked some more about motivation, uh, talked about uh, working from home and, and really how to stay dialed in there. Um, Uh, Talked about success and the struggle that, uh, that some people have to succeed. Talked about communicating and how to work with communicating with CEOs and executives above us, how we manage that, particularly when they can be a challenge to do so talked about goals and sales. So there was just a lot of things that I was talking about on this episode. And I really believe that it's helpful for uh, any business professional that's out there right now, continuing to try and do the best they can to serve in the role that they had, uh, whether you are an administrative employee, a salesperson, an entrepreneur, or a C-level executive. So again, thank you so much for your support. Hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Looking forward to your feedback. Chat with you soon. Welcome again. Uh, You were probably here just a few minutes ago, but just in case, authentic conversations number seven. So seven weeks uh, ago, uh, maybe eight weeks ago, I thought it would be a good idea to hop online on Fridays uh, to just uh, share some content, insight, whatever I possibly could uh, with people as it related to performance and mindset and headspace and where your heart's at and what this season of life looks like and just what's going on and how we can continue to grow and develop so i've talked about all different types of things we've talked about uh, sales and marketing last week leadership the week before that um uh productivity uh, some of them i can't even remember Uh, And so this week, uh, I decided to ask you, and if you're on the call, uh, that means uh, you registered and you probably submitted a question. A few of you got out of that by just putting a period or an N.A., Uh, that's fine. But uh, I I went out to you and I I said, you know, what kind of questions do you have? What are some of the things that are kind of rolling around in your head and maybe I can do my best to answer to, to help you out? And so uh, I got some awesome questions. I'm really looking forward to how I'm going to answer them. I haven't prepped for them. I did glance over them a couple of times, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be really fun to do. Um, also, if you have a question, if you have a thought uh, in the midst of this, feel free to dump it in the chat or the Q&A. Uh, either way is totally fine for me. Uh, I, I would be happy to try and answer follow-ups on the fly, other questions on the fly. Um, so let me dig right in. And uh, the first one that was asked, and this is an easy one for me to answer. Uh, and this is a question that everybody is asking right now, probably when we're getting into conversations, which is, how are you? And so somebody asked me that, how am I? How's my family? And I appreciate that question. And it's a, it's a great question that we should not just glance over uh, and just say fine, even though I'm fine, I'm, I'm actually doing really well. I've had a really productive last three weeks, Uh, That's because uh, you may have heard me talk about in the weeks past, I put my head down. I've been reaching out to partners and clients and trying to build relationships. I have uh, landed uh, quite a few new clients during this time, which has been super duper exciting for me. I'm really, really thankful for that. Uh, So that's gone great. I've been working on two new coaching programs. That's been going awesome. Uh, One of them's going live here in two weeks. I'm really excited about. The other one is gonna be shortly thereafter. Uh, I have now, uh, I'm about 11,000 words into a 40,000 word manuscript for a book that I'm writing. Super excited to share more details about that in the coming weeks. Uh, my family's doing good at home. I'm trying to make the best of the season of life that we're in right now, spending time together, doing things together, and at the same time, just yearning to get back together with our friends and family and hug people and love on people, and I'm sure you're doing the same. So, The person that asked that question, thank you, super duper appreciative of that. Um, All right, this is in no particular order. Actually, I think the names are in alphabetical order, maybe. No, it was when they registered. Uh, So I'm just gonna go down the list. And so some of these may be repetitive, I may just touch back on what I said previously, or I may add to it as things come into play. So some of the questions, um, uh, by the way, some of the questions were around like kind of productivity and performance. Others were in a relational challenge and conflict. Some were leadership, um, success, especially during a time like this. So let me dig right in. So the first question uh, I got was, what do you suggest for those who work remote 365 days a year, uh, how not to bring home or work home with them after a frustrating day? Uh, first of all, uh, I hope you're not working 365 days a year. If you're working every day, um, sorry, that's just rough. But I know what what you mean by that. I did talk about this uh, on uh, on one of these um, uh, webinars previously, but I do want to touch on this again because this is going to be a new reality, right? Uh, A lot of organizations are realizing that they can get a lot of productivity out of their employees by working remotely. Um, also, because of some of the rollouts of stay at home that we've seen, uh, it looks like many of us are gonna be working from home far longer than we thought we were. So uh, maybe you're just gonna be on an extended period of working from home. Maybe this is gonna be new normal for you, or maybe you just always work from home. And so how do you not unplug from your desk downstairs uh, maybe in the kitchen wherever you're working how do you how do you disconnect from that and then um, somehow enjoy home so there's a couple of things that come to mind for me and i don't want to take too long on any one of these because there's a lot of them but i do think this is really important a couple of things to consider number one is a lot of times, the reason why we feel frustrated is because of something that happened during the day, right? We've had a a challenging conversation with a colleague or uh, with a client, and so we were frustrated. Um, You've heard me say this before, so please let me say this again, and and this is probably going to be a repetitive theme through some of these questions or answers to questions, which is you need to work really hard to detach yourself from the things that you cannot control, right? It's easier said than done. Circumstances definitely eat at us, especially when they're frustrating or when they're, when they're really good. We, we focus a lot of our intention and energy there. But I find far too often that people are frustrated with things that they can't control anyway. And so sometimes the easiest answer to how I don't bring my frustration home with me is realize that you don't have any control over it. You don't have control over the situation. You don't have control over that conflict, over that deal gone bad. What you have control over is your reaction. And so detach, realize that probably, prayerfully, no one's gonna die over whatever happened. Detach yourself from that outcome. Another thing that you want to think about uh, as it similarly relates to this is yes, we get frustrated, but we need an outlet. We need some freedom. We need some joy. And, um, you know, the joke is, uh, or oftentimes is like, man, I can't wait to go home and have a drink. Like, I get that, I get what people are saying there, but like we don't need things to make us happy. We need to find our sense of fulfillment and our sense of joy inside of us. And so if we can detach, again, going back to that, what I just said, if we can detach and then we can find some freedom in the rest, recovery, the the mindless watching of Netflix or whatever it is that you're doing, do that. The other thing is make sure that you do have some sort of separate space. If you're working from home, there's a lot of people that are talking about this much better than I am, but if you're working from home, my recommendation to you is, is to make sure that you have a separate workspace from living space. If you're working in your bedroom, that's that's a big challenge because there's just like that frustration that lives there and so you can't enjoy your bedroom for whatever you're using your bedroom for. Um, if it's your kitchen, same thing. So find a place, if you can, that is going to be separate from uh, where you're going to live the rest of your life at home because when those spaces overlap, too often that frustration kind of lives within anyway. So those are just some thoughts about how you don't bring work home. Um, Also, you should have clean breaks on work time. Um, If you uh, would be working a normal, normal job, whatever that is, and you're done at five o'clock at night, then you should shut off. You should not work anymore after 5 p.m. unless it is absolutely necessary and literally necessary, like the world is coming to an end. You need to detach and separate yourself from that. So that's super important. Um, Okay, and another great question, uh, totally different uh, train of thought here, but how do you see younger professionals succeeding right now? So this is, an interesting question for me, because uh, actually, uh, the person that submitted this question, uh, she's a pretty successful individual and she, uh, younger. And so I wish I could push a little bit more into this or dig in a little bit more. Uh, but one thing that I see as an opportunity right now um, is a lot of older folks. Uh, maybe in the later baby boomer generation are now going to take this opportunity to finally exit the workforce. Uh, Maybe they've been holding on to a job that's been comfortable, that they've enjoyed, uh, but, you know, it's just, it's been reasonably easy. Well, now um, they, um, now they've maybe been pushed out by furlough or there's just not work there. And so there, it's time for them to take a break. So this is going to open up opportunities. So that's just one way right away is I I feel like there's going to be uh, open opportunities in the workforce over the next six to nine, 12 months as the result of some older generations leaving the workforce. Another thing that's super duper um, uh, opportunistic uh, as it relates to younger people, or really people with just a fresh mindset here, is seasons like this create new opportunities. There's going to be new and innovative ways to do things. And so my encouragement to you is to start thinking about what those new ideas are, how those things can be implemented, ways that you can do business better, more efficiently, more effectively, um, more, more cost effective, whatever that may be. Innovation traditionally comes by way of younger generations moving into the markets and introducing ideas and then executing on them. So that's another way that I think uh, could be a potential opportunity. The last one is, uh, this one is not gonna be um, a popular opinion. And frankly, I don't care. Um, So uh, one thing that I think is Um, a a huge opportunity for people in general uh, right now is is we've seen this huge shedding of the workforce, right? Um, Or we're starting to see it. and We're going to see a lot more of it. As we re-enter, there are going to be a lot of low-level opportunities for people to get into companies that they uh, would not have been able to get into before. So, you may have heard people talk about this, like if I had to start all over again, other than maybe one or two industries that I know I should have just invested my life into right away, um, I would prefer to not go to college, go get a job at the lowest level possible in an organization that I really loved the culture of, uh, done work as inexpensively as possible and just work my way up. Um, that That's what happened like 50 years ago. We lost that for a while. Um, and, but I think that there's gonna be another opportunity for that so if you are a younger professional, I would target an industry, target a, a, a company that you really want to go work for and find a way to make you working there work. Do work for less. Open yourself up to pro bono work if you can, if you can potentially do that. So those are some things that I think uh, are opportunities for younger professionals. The other one is this. Um, for many of you younger professionals, and I would probably say that's uh, in early 30s and younger, you've never gone through anything like this. Like even the, the housing crisis in 2008, 9, 10, 11, like you weren't really affected by this because um, you just weren't in the, in the workforce in the same way that you are now. So younger professionals – you have an opportunity to listen and learn from people that have done this before. I mean, there's some people in your company or uh, in your community professionally that has done this multiple times, like that got destroyed in the late 80s and then again in the 90s and then in the 2000s and now again. So listen, ask questions. Learn. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much you think you know. There's a lot to learn from people that have experienced things like this before because we're going to make it out. But if you listen to how they did it before, maybe you could even improve upon that and then you can get out of this far better than you even went into it. Never mind where you're in it right now. Um, okay. Uh, here was a really interesting one. Uh, this is a whole another conversation, uh, but I'm going to uh, tackle part of it right now. So somebody asked, uh, what is the best way to find out which prof- professional path to follow? Um, this is a great question, by the way. Like this is probably one of the best ones, um, not to discount anybody else that asked a question, but like this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, because typically when people consider career, they immediately think about um, uh, their strengths, uh, what they're good at. And there's some wisdom there, right? Like um, my boy, Eric Silverman, he's on the call today. He should have never, ever tried to pursue a career playing professionally for the Orioles. First, because that would have been a miserable team to play for because it's just loss after loss after loss. (laughs) I had to do that. But, but more so uh, because uh, that, that may not have been his career path because his strengths didn't line up there. So that's, that's a wise way to take um, a look at your strengths and realize that you're not a fit for a certain career. Totally good there. But what I find people doing a lot of times is they, they do personality tests. Uh, they, um, they, they do strengths tests, which are all really good. And then they figure out what type of role best lines up with um, what, what, what career paths are out there or what, what industries and what, what things are out there. And that can work and that's fine. But I believe with my whole heart and anybody that is deeply invested into their own business, or even their career will probably agree with what I'm about to say. The
1: best way to figure out which professional path you should be on is to look inside yourself at your heart. Like, what do you really care about? What
0: just burns with passion inside of yourself. What do you want to pursue with all your heart? What will get you out of bed day in and day out when things get hard? You know, I was doing a workshop a few days ago uh, for an organization, uh, more like a seminar, a few days ago for an organization And one of the ladies on there uh, very honestly said, um, uh, I'm not a very good consultant. Uh, Basically, what I got from that was like, I don't have the traits that shape up uh, to maybe other people that perform at a high level as a salesperson and a consultant in my industry. She says, but I have a heart too. And she went on. And I listened to her talk for a few minutes. And then as I do, oftentimes I interrupted her and I said, hold on a minute. I said, you have exactly what you need to be successful. And that's a heart to do what you want to do. If I could afford to, I would work for free doing the things that I'm doing, but I can't. So don't take that as an offer. As you seek out career paths, Whether that's for the first time, or you've been in a a career for a while and you're trying to figure out what to do next, or maybe you're laid off and you're at home right now and you're trying to figure out what am I gonna do with my life moving forward? It's time for a soul search, folks. It is time to dig deep inside of your own heart. It's time to figure out what you want to pursue and what you are willing to invest the rest of your life in. If you do that, your life will be far more fulfilling. And very good chances are that you will make far more money doing that than you will trying to line up your gifts and your talents with the careers that are already out there or are going to be out there. Funny enough, when you really stoke that fire of passion inside of you, your gifts and talents find a way of lining up with the things that you're going to need to do in the role that you're going to take in order to pursue that path anyway. So there's a lot more I could say there, but that's just something that I think is so critically important. What do you love? What do you care about? What do you really want? Those are the things that you need to focus on. Especially when you think about how hard it is to build a career and to be successful. You wanna make sure that it's built upon the foundation of who you are and what you love most, not what you think or may, people may tell you you're good at. All right. Uh what about ah uh, Here's one that I get um a lot. How can I display leadership skills without being the loudest in the room? This is just ironic when I talk about this because I'm loud and I'm very outspoken uh, and that doesn't automatically equate me with a leader Uh, but you know I talked about this a lot when I did uh, uh, I think two weeks ago's authentic conversations on leadership I think it was two weeks ago kind of lost track of time now but you display leadership skills by what you do, far more than what you say. Your words need to back up your actions, but your words, I don't believe, should lead out your actions. So that's number one, is you have to make sure that you are acting as if you are a leader. Behind that, then you need to understand what the true definition of a leader is. And what I believe a leader is, is somebody who influences other people, number one. And number two is somebody who is willing to serve other people. You influence other people to get them to do the things, hopefully, that you want them to do or you believe are the right things to do. That's the influence part. And that's by attraction, right? That is not by force. And secondly... Is you serve 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 the more that you serve the more people will look at you and be influenced by the things that you're doing so serve you don't necessarily need to carry a big loud stick even though sometimes you're gonna need to get loud and you may need to get a little bit forceful but that's what you uh, that's the last resort you don't come out of the gate hot and yelling You come out of the gate leading by doing. All of the great leaders that we would probably most respect are those that have done it that way. They've demonstrated leadership in action. We all know people that carry a title or speak about leadership, but don't back it up. We have no respect for them. And I would name a few right now, but I'd probably offend too many people. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So you don't need to talk loud. You just need to act as if you are willing to
1: serve and serve probably at almost all costs. Let's see here. Um,
0: Oh, here's a good one. Gosh. How do I avoid using coronavirus as an excuse for a lack of business in 2020? Now, I know this person, he's in a sales and leadership role. Um, But this is going to go for everybody. Because I can insert, how do I avoid using coronavirus as an excuse for a lack of progress in 2020? We're all being challenged with that question right now. So, I want to say a couple of things. Uh, And my answer would have been a little bit different week two or three of us being in quarantine uh, versus week, I think it's seven or eight or something like that.
1: But I'm still gonna say this first. You do not need to be a different person when this is all over. You don't need to be any better
0: you don't need to have grown. You don't need to have developed something new. You don't need to have completed one or 1000 thousand push-up challenges. You just need
1: to be you. If you follow me for any length of time, you've heard me say this before. Don't feel
0: pressured to perform because right now everybody is talking about how we're going to perform under pressure or how we're going to perform in this new environment or how we're going to be successful
1: in this environment. Please, you're going to drive yourself into the ground. So that is my preface. That's got to be number one. You don't need to do anything. now. For those of you that are saying, but I want to. Okay, so for those that want to,
0: you need to first give yourself grace even in that and realize that you're gonna have good days and you're gonna have bad days because we're all living in an environment that we did not prepare for, right? Even if you've been working at home forever, you didn't
1: prepare for this. So you need to give yourself grace. Then you need to just be honest with yourself. What are
0: realistic expectations? So at the beginning of 2020,
1: you probably set some goals for yourself. If you're a salesperson, maybe goals were set for you. I talked about this recently. And so no matter what, this is gonna have had
0: an effect on you. It's not all negative, and I'm going to share one story of that in just a second here. But I was just with a friend and colleague earlier today, and he let me know that an organization that he works with, they were projected at the beginning of 2020 to generate over half a million dollars in revenue in April of 2020.
1: They generated $13,000. Whose fault is that? Maybe nobody's. The coronavirus. Like, we we need
0: to have some reality here, right? We need to have some reality to say, like, we had no control. And so that means that not only did that wreck April and probably May and some part of June and maybe the rest of the year, Year-end revenue goal for that organization ain't gonna happen.
1: There's no way, unless some miracle happens, which I guess there's a a small way. But it's a very, very slim possibility. So we need to consider that. But
0: then there's the flip side. I have another really good friend who his business has actually grown during this time. He's earned new clients. He's added new business. Some of his existing clients have ramped up their efforts during this time because they see this as an opportunity to build and grow their businesses. So he doesn't necessarily have control of that either. He just has to lean into it and serve those people. But no matter what, whether you're on the uncontrollable side of it all bled, or you're on the uncontrollable side of it, all got filled up.
1: One thing that we cannot live with, I cannot live with, is excuses. We don't need to make an excuse.
0: An excuse, in my mind, is just a way for us to get out of the truth of what it, of what is. Let me say that again. I believe that an excuse is just a way to get out of living in the reality of what is. Should be like a tweet. Sounds pretty cool. Anyway, um, we don't need that. We don't need excuses. We just tell the truth. We just speak the truth. If you got beat up in sales numbers, then it is what it is. But fight through it. I think the problem is, and maybe part of what this this person was asking was like, how do I make sure that I don't lean back on that? Like, well, coronavirus, so now I'm just not going to do anything.
1: Well, then for this person specifically, I would say, you've messed up because I know him too well. And I know that's not an
0: excuse he would live with. So you can do, there are opportunities out there. There are jobs that you can go take. There are side hustles that you can create. There are ways that you can continue to add revenue now to your personal income, to your business's income. And if there's not, then your focus should be on building for the future that means you can still be productive. You can still be building on that because now if 2020 is not going to shape up to what it was, now you have to make sure that 2021 is better than it was going to originally be because you got to make up for some of the loss in 2020. And so we don't need excuses. You just need to live in the reality and you just need to move forward and you need to focus on doing the right things. Another great thing that you need to do is, is if, you want, if you want to grow, if you want to develop, if you want to make progress, you need to buy. No, you need to find somebody or some people to hold you accountable, to support you and encourage you and tell you the truth. And you should be checking with them on a regular basis. So do that. No excuses. They're not even, they're, there's, there's, there's just no point to them. Um, let's see here. I like this one. What do you do when you're feeling foggy? (laughs) There are, I I don't know that I necessarily get like the foggy feeling, but there's definitely times when I'm just kind of like really struggling with clarity. Maybe that's feeling foggy. So for me, there's a couple of things that I do. Uh, these are not prescriptions, right? These are descriptions of Ryan. Um, but I definitely, I exercise. I work out. I, I talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago too. That even means that like, if you're in this regular um, like, rhythm of just working 8, 10, 12 straight hours through the day, one of my biggest recommendations to you is to make sure you're getting up and moving around throughout the day. Get out, walk around walk around the block, walk outside, walk up and down the stairs, find some some way to get active. Another really good thing that you can do right now, so if you're a morning person, working out in the morning is great, but if if circumstances don't allow that, the second best time I believe right now to work out is lunch hour, midday, because as you begin to hit that kind of lull, uh, you could work out and really build up a lot of that adrenaline and endorphin that's gonna help carry you through the rest of the day. So that's one thing that I do. Uh, Another thing that I'm, when I'm really struggling with clarity is is I take a big step back and I try and look at what's going on uh, in my life and my business to make sure that nothing's out of sorts, that everything, that there's nothing competing with each other, that I'm focused on moving in the right direction, that uh, everything is is aligned as best as humanly possible. Um, So that's another thing that I do. Um, Another thing is I try and create. So uh, I'm not like an artist, but I, I, try and, I, I try and create content or I try and uh, do stuff like this. Uh, I'm regularly, regularly trying to, to, to drive the right behaviors inside of myself because as I do the things that I love and as they come out of me, that brings a lot more clarity to my, to my brain. So that can be super helpful. And lastly, another thing that I do, I'm fortunate enough that I work in an office that uh, even right now, uh, uh, one of my uh, best friends, he works here too, and so we're regularly talking. And so just speaking out loud, talking about life, business, challenges, whatever, a lot of times as you talk out loud, it's really just a mirror of reflection that comes right back around and it can bring a lot of clarity to uh, maybe something that you're struggling with in the moment. So hopefully that was helpful. Again, uh, just kind of like some bite-sized uh, answers. Um, here was another one that I really, really loved uh, was how do I best manage my CEO's siloed communication style? Now, I, again, I, I really wish for some of these, this one specifically, I had some more context to. Um, but I'm just going to take this more in the place of even addressing like, how do I manage my CEO's communication style in general? Or how do I manage people above me's communication style? So uh, uh, there's a couple of things to consider. The first one is, is you need to be empathetic to who they are. I think that's big for us. While... It might not be awesome, while it may be frustrating, while we may really struggle with the way that they communicate, uh, while they may only communicate to two people and I just hear trickle down, and that frustrates me, um, I need to understand that that's who they are. And so sometimes, again, just putting human to our frustrations with people is a very helpful practice. So that's one thing. Another thing is, is, I think that we can do a better job about how we respond to people's communication towards us. Um, again, not knowing the situation, I'm not hundred percent sure how this all works out, but just make sure that when you're hearing things coming at you from somebody above you, that you aren't responding in a way that, um, frustrates them, that creates more challenges, that creates more of a lack of, a clarity that perpetuates the problem. And it's very fascinating to me when I've worked uh, either for organizations or in organizations as a consultant, I hear people all the time complaining about management and as executive leadership, but they don't do anything about it. They just complain. And I'm like, well, have you ever addressed that with them directly? And maybe for this person, maybe you have a lot. Um, but there, there's ways that, um, John Maxwell writes a book, I've I mentioned it before in, in other uh, episodes, uh, but called The 360 Leader. And it talks about the ways that we can influence and we can lead from any place in an organization. And so I believe that this is an opportunity, especially if you're a good communicator and they're not, um, or they just have a funky way of communicating, you can help lead and guide them. But you got to build trust, you got to be patient. It's going to take a lot of time. Um, You got to be empathetic all along the way. You got to understand that there's going to be um, big steps back. But ultimately, you can help influence them to grow in the way that they communicate. And reflect statements back. When you hear them say something, whether it's to you or in the presence of you, you say to them, so I heard you say whatever I heard you say. Is that what you meant? Is that what you intended? I worked for somebody years ago that um, it was fascinating to me how poorly he communicated certain things to people, and he was oblivious to how badly he ruined people. As a matter of fact, I was uh, recently uh, writing uh, for my book, and I told a story of an interaction I had with him in which he just absolutely destroyed me. Uh, in a couple of statements he made directly to me. First of all, uh, later on, when I addressed some of it with him, he didn't even get that he said some of the things he did. But then uh, in other spots, like he just, he, he he meant one thing, and yet he says a complete other. And so I understand that we regularly run into those challenges. We need to do the best we can to help influence them to grow in those areas one great recommendation by the way uh, if you are in any sort of leadership position and you influence the growth and development of that whole team of leadership um, reading the five dysfunctions of a team by patrick lencioni is a huge gift they talk so much in there about communication uh, amongst leadership teams and that can be a great great thing that you could implement with your team as you guys could all go through it Um, listening to and recommending uh, Patrick's uh, podcast he's doing a lot right now on even um, the dysfunctions of virtual teams and communication so he's got a great podcast you can follow him on Twitter he talks all about it so those are some things that come to mind when I think about um, uh, poor communication styles and how we deal with that Um, Another question, uh, pretty short. uh, What book or course has helped you to experience the best personal growth? Um, So uh, there's been a couple of things for me uh, personally. uh, Again, so uh, this is more for me. Uh, This is not necessarily for you, but – When I became a Christian, followed God later in life, gaining a lot of clarity on just who I was and how screwed up I was was super duper helpful for me. So there was a lot of growth that happened there. Uh, That was uh, in like 2006. And so previous to that, I was a very different person, even in the way I act and and communicated and even pursued the things I did. So that's one. Uh, But more present day, um, I I talked about five books. earlier this year that really changed the course of my life in 2019. I'm totally going to miss one or something. But uh, those five books are uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, The second one was The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. The third one was Atomic Habits by, oh, I already said Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, The third one was Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Uh, the fourth one was The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And the fifth one was a book called Growing Influence by Ron Price and Stacy Ennis. Uh, I was fortunate to have Stacy on a podcast episode months ago. I was fortunate to have Bob on a podcast episode months ago. So you can go back and listen to those if you want some cliff notes of some of the things that I learned. Uh, if you are listening right now and any one of those books sounds interesting to you, shoot an email to ryan at ryanjamesmiller.com. And I'll figure out a way to get you a copy of one of those books. So you can do that and I'll be happy to send you a copy. Um, so that, that's been super duper helpful for me. But all of that, all of that, reading books, listening to podcasts, courses, whatever. There's one thing that's missing from a lot, most of that stuff. And it is gaining clarity on what's in here. I talked about this at the very beginning. The biggest season of growth and development I have had in my entire life came on the back end of my 2017 tragedy, where I spent seven months digging in to understand the foundation of who I was, what was most important and valuable to me. And then what I was called to do in life. That was critical for me, but it took seven months and I worked with an executive coach I worked with a couple of friends. And so if you're not going to do that work, I believe that ever, all those other books and courses and podcasts and whatever else, they're, they're just not going to be nearly as effective as if you did that work first. And if you'd like to learn more about that, I'd be happy to share that with you. You can email me and, and we can talk about that. So that's something that, uh, that really stood out to me. Uh, let's see here. Another simple one, actually just, I talked about this two weeks ago, how to time block effectively, particularly during work from home. Um, The straightforward answer is do it. You should um, treat your calendar and your own personal time, just like you do a client's. And so don't overcommit your time to a calendar. At the same time, make sure that you have structured your day in a manner in which you'll be proud At the conclusion of that day and so you can go back and listen again i think it was uh week five of authentic conversations or week four i can't remember right now but one of those i talked about uh time blocking and handling my calendar um so you can go back and listen to that um but it's just it's really really important that you treat yourself with respect that you value your time we always talk about the fact that time is this valuable asset and yet we don't treat our time valuably. We, don't, we just, we don't. We, we constantly run over it. We, we cancel on ourselves for the benefit of somebody else or we pack our schedule so full because it feels so successful to have a full calendar that we don't leave any margin. And so then one little thing comes in that derails uh, the moment, ends up destroying our day or our week. And so there's just a lot that we can do to be more tactical in how we approach blocking our time. Um, uh, there's a great book uh, by Stephen Covey called First Things First. He talks all about uh, uh, that uh, uh, per, the, the area of productivity, and he talks a lot about time blocking and, and being efficient there. So First Things First by Covey, great book. I should also say that Seven Habits by Covey, I say it all the time. Best book you could ever possibly read on business, just in general. Uh, so um, so, But First Things First by Covey, great book to talk about or to read for like time blocking uh, and things like that. Um, simple question somebody asked is why won't people succeed? Why won't someone succeed? He says as very broad as you can run with it, whether it's in life, business, during COVID, etc. So
1: I have the golden answer. 100% for certain. This is not, um, this is not a cheap answer.
0: This is not a quick answer. I'm not setting you up for some like ridiculous thing, but I'm going to tell you the number one reason why people do not succeed has nothing to do with the knowledge in here. It has nothing to do with what's been put in front of them. It has nothing to do with the places they've been given an opportunity to, to, to jump into in life. It has nothing to do with skills. It has nothing to do with talents. It has everything to do with the heart to pursue what it is you're attempting
1: to achieve. It's not skills, it's not talent, it's not strengths, it's not situational. Yes, those things can
0: all influence positively or negatively. But at the
1: end of the day, success, and I actually like better to say fulfillment, is ultimately
0: going to be achieved when you align your heart to the way you live and the things that you pursue. I can't say it any more straightforward than that. And it frustrates me beyond all belief when people spend ridiculous amounts of time, effort, energy, and money trying to build out systems and processes and getting better at X, Y, and Z to become successful when all the while they haven't done the work in here to get themselves to that point. Like, this is not a sales pitch, it's just the reality. This is why I built foundations. My book is so much wrapped around the idea of me gaining clarity in the same area. It's why I coach from this process. It's why I consult from this process. It's why every bit of information that you hear me talk about online is all about being authentic. It's about living openly and transparently to the best of my ability and to the best way in which I know I have been created to live. But if I don't know those things, I can't do those things. And so to whoever it was that asked that question and whoever else is listening, everybody that will ever listen to this, stop paying for a bunch of dumb crap until you work on what's in here. And when you think you're done working on what's in here, do it again and do it again. Self-development, clarity of understanding of who we are never ends. You should continue to do that over and over and over.
1: Let me see here.
0: I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, There's a couple of other things that people have asked uh, around sales. There's some things that people have asked around um, business and goals. Um, I have addressed some of that stuff in the past. Maybe I'll get at them later. You know, for you that asked, how do you build a business versus chasing sales goals? Somebody else asked, how important is it to to develop a sales funnel? Um, You know, I had the question earlier, like, you know, an excuse for a lack of success during this time. Um, Why won't someone succeed? Um, How do you get, how does a younger professional succeed? How do I
1: find my career path? Do you notice this theme? like this isn't because like i just want to talk about these things it's because i deeply believe
0: that all of those things are answered when we spend more time doing the work here once you do the work here then i'll answer your question like you build a business you don't chase goals you don't have to worry about a sales funnel if you gain clarity on who you are and attract the right people to you You will be successful and you will be fulfilled if you live the life that you were called to live. You will find the professional path if you step into the role that you have been called to once you gain clarity on who you are. You will be successful as a young professional if you quit chasing stupid things and start chasing the things that are most important, which are the things that are most important to you, not to other people. You won't need to make excuses for why you're not successful if you're just living the way you're supposed to live. Because if you do, you will be fulfilled in the state of wherever you're at. And you can be content. And contentment is okay
1: so long as you don't get dumb and lazy. You want to be motivated? Gain clarity on who you are.
0: It feels so freaking good to just be me. In all the crap. And every time that I screw up. In the business that I lose. I don't like the bad stuff. But it's all part of making me me. And for whatever reason, you have found it attractive enough to sit and spend 45 minutes with me today. And for
1: some of you, you've been doing this for seven weeks. And for others of you, you've known me for years. Please spend more time gaining clarity on who you are than
0: anything else during this time. And so many of the questions that have been answered here, and also probably the questions that you have right now would be answered. So thank you guys. Super appreciative of your time. We're rolling right up on the hour. Uh, Haven't thought about what we're gonna do next week, but week eight's coming. We all know we're gonna be here for a while. So I guess I should start planning for like week 12, 13, 16. It could be a while. And I think even once we go back to quote unquote normal, I still think I'm gonna do things like this on a consistent basis. But I love your questions and I love your participation. I am gonna do an open webinar in the next couple of weeks where you're gonna raise hands and ask questions live and on the spot, and we're just gonna get into dialogue. I'm not prepared to do that just yet for a couple of different reasons. Uh, In the meantime, again, if you want a book that I talked about earlier, hit me up. If you have other questions, hit me up. If there's anything else that I can do for you, hit me up, and if you're pissed off at something I said today, hit me up. Happy to talk about it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Super appreciate you guys.